أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد So we continue our reading from Mawlana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, His Saviors of the Islamic Spirit uh, about the life and times of Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala in this Mubarak 23rd um, night of Ramadan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give its barakah to us and write us from amongst the, those who were forgiven and uh, uh, manumitted from the hellfire in this Mubarak night. And uh, may He uh, give us Laylatul Qadr and may He give us Ramadan after Ramadan, last Ashara after last Ashara, Laylatul Qadr after Laylatul Qadr as a means of our salvation and our forgiveness and increase in rank in this world and the hereafter. I mean, and so. We got to the point where uh, Mulana Alimiya is talking about uh, Al Ghazali and the dialecticians and the dialecticians. Um, dialectics here, when he when the translator uses the word dialectics, he's talking about Ilmul Kalam, which is uh, I think a fairly uh, good translation in the sense that it literally seems to mean about the same thing as what Kalam means, um, and it does convey convey the the sense of like scholastic theology or uh, uh, some sort of like semantic wrangling and uh, the, the meaning here is this is what is that uh, Greek philosophy uh, Aristotelian logic and a number of foreign ideas uh, not only crept into the uh, crept into the intellectual discourse of Islam but you know people accepted Islam from a number of different nations which is to be expected and it's actually a good thing and so they brought a number of attitudes, a number of modes of learning, a number of ways of thinking about things, a number of ways of dealing with uh, uh, problems, uh, uh, practical and intellectual with them. And there was a need to, I guess, <clears throat> sort out, refine, um, validate and uh, expel, uh, uh, you know, whatever that basket of stuff was, because Islam is not necessarily, uh, you know, there to completely destroy everything else rather uh, it is a muhaymun you know the quran is a muhaymun it is an overseer that will uh, uh, you know will be there to take everything that's good and, and subsume it and uh, uh, expel and reject everything that's false and protect the the muslims from its harm so uh, you know the uh, you know the, the ilmu kalam was developed essentially as a defense mechanism by the uh, Ahlul Haq against the Mu'tazila rationalist philosophers uh, uh, and a number of other a number of other uh, heretical groups that will start to comment about a number of things uh, that were not really controversial in the history of Islam in the in its earlier part um, particularly in the era of the companions radiallahu anhum and their uh, tabi'in and taba' tabi'in in the eras of their successors and so uh, you know like uh, the development of Nahu, uh, of, of, of kind of analytical grammar, uh, like the development of a number of different branches of learning. The Ahl Sunnah basically will learn uh, uh, and master these uh, branches of learning that are not strictly speaking uh, from the revealed sciences, uh, and they will use uh, them in order to refute uh, the heretical claims made by the people of heresy. 
through them because the people of heresy also use them. They use analytical grammar, uh, which was not something that the Arabs needed to rely upon because they, you know, well, less like, uh, you know, the Bayt Mulana, Uwais Namazi told me a Bayt he trib- attributed to Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, ولست بنحويين يلوك لسانه ولكني صليقيون أقول فأعرب that uh, I'm not a, a grammarian. Because Imam Malik is Asbahi. He's a, a, an Arab of Himyarite uh, origin. Uh, uh, he, he, says, he says that I'm not a grammarian whose tongue trips, you know, like uh, in un, an, an, in an, un. He says, I'm not a, a, a grammarian whose tongue trips. Uh, rather, I'm a man of style, and what I say is Arabic. Um, and so like what happens is later on this analytical grammar is used in order to try to justify different uh, meanings from the text of the Quran and the ulama of the sunnah learn the analytical grammar and master it and uh, they then refute the people of heresy on their own terms and Aristotelian logic is much like that um, and philosophy is much like that as well that the ulama of the sunnah will learn uh, these arts and they will then argue against the people of heresy using the ground rules of these uh, arts who are, which are sound, uh, fundamentally sound, uh, not necessarily part of revelation, but they're rationally sound. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they will uh, then use it to defend the haqq. And except for <clears throat> there's a bit of a controversy amongst the ulama in that process, which is uh, some of the, the issues regarding um, issues regarding uh, creed and uh, regarding aqidah uh, are issues of mutashabihat where the people of the of heresy and uh, of zayh will uh, give a particular uh, interpretation to something that's not really supposed to be interpreted um, but it's supposed to be taken for, formulaically and so there's a jama'ah of the muhaddithun uh, who uh, you know who, who are against that who say that you shouldn't talk about these things and you shouldn't argue about these things and just the act of giving interpretations to these things is uh, problematic and uh, whoever does so uh, let them deal with um, let them deal with the consequences with Allah on their own terms uh, whereas then the Asha'ira and the Maturidiyah uh, and the Maturidiyah Maturidiya, I think there's a very strong argument to be made that it, the founder of the Maturidi uh, school of Kalam is not uh, Abu Mansur al-Maturidi he is the, the one who orders it and compiles it uh, but uh, the founder of the school is, is, is very, you know, it seems to me very clearly it's Imam Hanifa himself, Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. But uh, uh, at any rate, there are those who will vehemently uh, disagree with that. Uh, no, no, no problem, no bother. Uh, but the idea is this is that <coughs> basically the, uh, the schools of uh, the Mutakallimun of the Sunnah. Uh, they said this is that look yes we agree with you in principle people should not comment about the mutashabihat and uh, you know talk about uh, more further and speculative uh, branches of creed however the problem is this is that after given that we're not supposed to you know delve into them there are a group of people who have not only delved into them but they have <coughs> ruined the the way that the, the public thinks about them. And that ruined, uh, uh, you know, way of thinking about it is like our friend Tony, the dead dog whose carcass is bloating in the in the well. And, uh, you know, we would have preferred not to have to do this, but now that the carcass is in the well, we have to retrieve it out first before we can uh, clean the, the, the well uh, afterward. And so they will argue uh, and basically use this ilmu kalam, use the same machinery, uh, philosophy and Aristotelian logic and uh, whatnot in order to not necessarily 
speculate about what our belief is, but uh, more particularly demonstrate how uh, the heterodox beliefs of the Mu'tazila uh, and those people who are behind them uh, in, in, in rank. Mu'tazila did a really good job at heterodoxy, others not so good. Uh, um, I say they did a good job in the sense that their arguments were much more refined than many of the other, like Batinis and things like that. But uh, at any rate, that the, uh, um, you know, they use this machinery in order to show that the, the arguments made by them are are not even the best arguments that could be made, much less the correct ones. And so, you know, there's been a, some controversy in the Ummah amongst the, the different groups of the Ahl-Sunnah as to whether or not this, is, uh, this was a good idea or not. And uh, there are some very hardline people who say, well, you know, the people who take up the Ilm al-Kalam are not from the Ahl-Sunnah at all, uh, and vice versa. And I think that's a bit of an exaggeration and excess. You cannot, uh, I, I don't think that's, that's, a, that's a fair um, thing to say, but since this is not Aqidah Darsh, we're not going to talk about that in too much uh, detail, but uh, just to give uh, the listener enough to be able to, I guess, digest what's about to be talked about right now. So Mulan Ali Mia says, he says, a man of Ghazali's outstanding intellectual gifts could continue to tread the beaten path of earlier uh, Mutakallimun. Uh, 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 he could not continue to tread the beaten path of early Mutakallimun, nor could he uh, uh, be content with the position of a mere commentator. Meaning that he wasn't he wasn't happy with the status quo. Uh, unfortunately, the science of kalam, which had uh, or dialectics, which had been evolved for the defense of religion, uh, which had uh, to keep itself abreast with current developments and other branches of learning, had lost its vigor by the end of the fourth century after Hijra. The Ash'aris uh, of the time had taken uh, to the path of rigid dogmatism, insisting on the acceptance uh, not only uh, simply of their tenets and beliefs, but also on the canons divided, uh, devised by Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari and Abu Bakr al-Baqilani uh, without the slightest modification or improvement. They considered it heretical to employ a logical syllogism not uh, used by the earlier teachers of their school for the defense of religion. Uh, and this is, by the way, this is not a, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mulana Alimiya is not, uh, you know, slamming the Ashaira. Rather, he's talking about later, uh, you know, hyper dogmatic Ashaira who start to make the uh, the peculiar culture of the Ashari school into uh, basically uh, the defining factor of who's on guidance and who's not, which is, I mean, it's patently against even the methodology of the imam of the school, uh, given that uh, Ahl sunnah defines itself as being the deen of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and, uh, uh, you know, arguing with uh, Mu'tazila in a particular way definitely wasn't part of that deen, uh, at least in its re refined form. Uh, they considered it uh, heretical to employ a logical syllogism not used by their earlier teachers uh, uh, for the defense of religion. Ghazali Taala pressed his knowledge of philosophy for upholding the religious beliefs and dogmas and indeed devised an entirely new canon for rational exposition, uh, exposition of these matters, which uh, was more effective than the arguments of previous Ashaira. Uh, in regards to matters like divine attributes, prophethood, miracles, religious practices, punishments and rewards in the hereafter uh, and the day of judgment, he brought forth entirely new arguments, more convincing to a rational mind than those employed by his predecessors. He did, in fact, lay the foundations of a scientific scholastic system, thus infusing a new blood into the old Ash'ari school. 
the modified doctrines of the Ash'ari school uh, eventually became, thanks to Ghazali, the most popular system of scholasticism in the entire Islamic world. But since Ghazali held divergent views from Ash'ari and other eminent scholars of that school on several issues, many ardent followers of the Ash'ari school uh, looked down upon Ghazali's thought with misgivings and disfavor. Some of the Ash'ari zealots even accused Ghazali of breaking away from the orthodox faith and adopting heretical tenets. Again, this is not a, you know, this is not like those who we consider Ash'ari uh, today or uh, traditionally through history, but uh, every uh, every madhab has its like fanatics and haters, uh, and so he's talking about the fanatics uh, and haters of of, of the day, uh, you know, uh, and that's 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 true for every that's true for every madhab, and the madhab are all. Um, Attempts to understand and to make reason and to make usul and principles uh, that guide a person's practice of the deen of Islam and the sunnah, uh, whether they be in fiqh or in, in aqidah or in other things. And uh, there are always, every generation has some people who get caught up in the details and they kind of miss the bigger picture. Uh, uh, after the compilation of the Hiya, the uh, some of the Ash'ari scholars became so critical of Ghazali that one of his friends wrote a letter to invite his attention toward the matter. Uh, Ghazali explained the position uh, uh, in some detail in a booklet uh, with the title of Faisal Tafriqa bin Islam was Zandaqa. He writes in it, uh, "Dear brother, a group of people envious of me is busy in censuring my writings." For in their opinion, I have expounded views contrary to those held by the teachers uh, of old or the founders of uh, the scholastic school. They think that even the slightest deviation from the orthodox uh, Ash'ari tenets uh, uh, is blasphemous. I know that you are unhappy over it, but my dear friend, you ought to observe patience in, the, in this matter. How can I claim immunity from the jealousy of these people when even the Rasul was not spared by these elements? Uh, uh, that person is such a uh, is simply a blind follower of illiberal formalism, uh, who holds that any disagreement with uh, Ashari, Mu'tazi, Hanbalite, or for that matter any other sect is heretical. It is of no use trying to waste your time in satisfying them. In fact, their own pleas against uh, one another are sufficient to confute them. There are numerous differences in the various scholastic schools, and many of uh, these differ from the Ashari's. Therefore, if anyone claims that it is incumbent on someone to follow the Ashari tenets, uh, to the last detail or even that the slightest deviation from his doctrines is unsanctified he ought to be asked how he deems uh, the Ashari's to be the uh, sole repository of truth if it is so uh, would he be willing to declare Baqillani an apostate because Baqillani also differed from Ash'ari on the question of the eternal attributes of divinity for he denied the existence of any such attribute apart from the being of God uh, uh, but the question is why should Baqillani at all be condemned as an apostate for opposing Ash'ari why should not the same charge be leveled against Ash'ari for differing from Baqillani and why should truth be considered to be the monopoly of any particular individual. If their reply be that Ash'ari preceded Baqillani, then did not the Mu'tazilites uh, precede Ash'ari, therefore uh, uh, they not be deemed to be on the right path? If it is claimed that righteousness depends on profound knowledge and piety, then what would the criteria to judge uh, uh, comparative merits of the expounders of different schools be? If Baqillani was allowed to d differ from Ash'ari, then why should those after him be debarred from this right? And why should any particular person be accorded a special treatment in this matter? So you see, mashallah, uh, Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he, he, <laughs> he, he goes in, he goes in uh, first with a, uh, an observation about human nature. 
and uh, the intractability of fanatics. Um, but, you know, uh, mashallah, just so that a person doesn't think that he's playing the adab card, he, he very quickly scuttles the entire, uh, the entire argument of his haters uh, on purely rational terms, which make, uh, you know, which make very good sense. And one of the things I want people to realize, because many people now afterward, you know, Ghazali becomes the, rahimullah ta'ala becomes the, dogmatic orthodoxy that they will uh, you know blindly defend and if you want to defend Ghazali and orthodoxy that's wonderful I think that's great you know read him and understand him that's how you're going to defend him shouting down his opponents is not how you're going to defend them because look he himself here is against this uh, type of dogmatic uh, uh, and closed-minded uh, taqlid or or close-minded uh, like blind following of anybody after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and i think this is really important for the listeners to understand which is what we do taqlid of our imams why because we've come to the conclusion that those imams are the people who had the most deep and profound knowledge of uh, of these matters and so we choose them to follow them based on knowledge uh, not because we consider them to be anbiya alayhim salam or whatever billah uh, and uh, uh, the the taqlid of alim the 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 the, the accepting of a of a particular imam to be an imam in a school of an alim is based on understanding. It has to be based on understanding. And so Ghazali himself here is condemning um, blind imitation and the blind imitators of his day. This is, of course, uh, uh, something which is a, a letter he's writing to one of his colleagues from the ulama class. Uh, and so, like, you know, if you're just sitting on Facebook and Twitter and be like, oh, I don't got to follow Abu Hanifa and Malik or whatever. Like, okay, that's kind of like silly and dumb. That's like, we're not talking about that right now. But within the class of the ulama, within the classes of scholars, those people spent their years. I mean, they, you know, nowadays when we have people walking around uh, boasting about having an ijazah and tajweed or whatever, or like people asking, hey, Sheikh, can I have an ijazah and the tahawiyah? I want to teach in such and such place. No, we have people who, we're not talking about them. We're talking about those people who have put in their you know years and studied like you know one two three interme beginning intermediate advanced books in, in in arabic grammar and then you know they know their memorized their sarf charts and they uh learn their uh, you know beginning muhtasarat compendia of, of fiqh and then they read the detailed uh, works of fiqh and then they've read the the, the debates uh, of the differences of opinion of the fuqaha and they've read hadith both riwayatan and dirayatan and you know like both in the, its transmission and chains of narration as well as in the meanings of, of the hadith they've read the tafsir and the usul tafsir you know they've read all of these different branches of learning for several years now those people when they get to a certain level for them it's you know it's it's really silly for them to then uh, uh, blindly imitate uh, a, a particular personage after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and even those people who we consider to be imams in in the deen. Uh, Mufti Saeed Ahmed Palanpuri, the the head mudarris of Deoband, Allah Ta'ala give him a, a long life and uh, 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 afia, uh, a really wonderful individual. And, uh, uh, you know, for anybody who wants to have their nafs busted down a couple of notches, I mean, he's become a little softer now in his later years. But boy, he uh, he, he was a guy who would, uh, uh, you know, you could sit with him and really feel like uh, not 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 very learned. But uh, 
Allah Ta'ala uh, raise his rank and Allah Ta'ala protect him from, from every evil in this world and the hereafter. He mentioned this in one of his bayans and I think he mentions it in a number of different places. He says that, that the word taqlid itself, right? Qilada in Arabic language means like a necklace, right? So the word taqlid is, is, is to give the necklace to somebody else. So imagine, for example, if someone is the, your cha the champion of your people, then what do you do? You give them the medal. You put the medal in their neck, right? That's what taqlid is. He says, uh, he says that some people imagine taqlid is like putting a leash in your own neck and being led around like a, 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 an animal. He says just a fundamental understanding of sarf would tell you that the, 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 you know, the word to express that, uh, the expression to, to express that meaning is not taqlid, it's taqallud, that you yourself chain yourself up by the neck with a rope and then give the leash to somebody. It's not giving the leash, not, it's not leashing yourself and giving the, 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 the leash to somebody. What is it? It's looking through the different ulama after your study and understanding and, and recognizing that someone is actually worthy of being taken as an imam and saying that this, is, this person is an authority. Even then, Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala is saying that we have the right to, uh, we have the right to uh, you know, discuss, understand, see what works and what works better and what works less uh, better. And uh, uh, you know, you know, try to make sense of all of these things. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people who uh, hate on the madhabs will attribute to the madhabs. But here's Ghazali, who's a great muhaqqiq of the Shafi'i school, and he is an even greater muhaqqiq of the uh, Ash'ari school in, in Aqidah, and uh, uh, just uh, 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 an imam in, in tasawwuf, imam in all of, uh, all of these different fields. And what is he saying? He's like, he, he's saying that, we're, look, we're not, we're not blind followers. We're not blind imitators of people after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, I think that's a little bit different than the, the standard script of like, you know, uh, 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 of like, uh, you know, back and forth, uh, misguided and ignorant uh, uh, debates about madhahib and about the ulama and about the tradition that happen uh, in, uh, in, you know, not just like in Philly, you know, but like in, in, in all across social media. And really, to be honest with you, in the stuffy uh, drawing rooms and uh, chai uh, conversations of middle class suburbanite uh, uh, uncleocracy, um, not only in, 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 in America, but in the Muslim world as well, where people talk about, you know, people very... Uh, by the way, actually, um, uh, people whose books they've never read or cracked open, and they have this assumption that they were just like blind regurgitators of uh, of tradition, and that's why you know you know Muslims somehow fell behind uh, you know whatever colonial powers. The reason the Muslims fell behind colonial powers is at some point or another colonial powers become remarkably efficient at killing large numbers of people and uh, uh, economically strangling. Uh, others. Uh, that's a problem uh, to this day. Uh, however, uh, you know, it's this whole idea of some sort of intellectual decay or whatever. This is this is a, a, a huge over-exaggeration. Ghazali himself, who himself becomes the benchmark of ortho, or, or, orthodoxy after his time, uh, he argues against it, as you will find the great uh, Mujaddidun, uh, the great renovators and renewers and masters and imams of every field and every madhab, um, those who end up becoming, you know, who have the, the medal put in their neck and are considered imams by the intellectual class of the Muslims in every generation. This is a sentiment that they, uh, that they will uh, all share with one another. So Mulan Ali, Ali, Ali Mia, he continues, uh, he comments on this uh, tract, very powerful tract that was just read from the Faisal Tafriqa. Uh, he says, personal experience and a comprehensive insight 
into the speculative as well as religious sciences led Ghazali to the conclusion that uh, scholasticism only has a limited utility, which may be sometimes even harmful in, in per per particular cases. That Ilm al-Kalam um, had a very per particular utility and it did a really good job at it. And uh, Ghazali himself is a great mutakallim and an imam of Kalam. Uh, but uh, he says that there are some... Uh, sides it veers into that, that may be harmful. He ultimately came to regard dialectics as a medicine which should not be administered to healthy people who need only adequate nourishment through their food. Uh, and this uh, could be provided amply by the Qur'an, and he maintained that the Qur'an contained a superior logic as its arguments are quite satisfying to the people possessing common sense. In his last book, Iljam uh, al-Awam an Ilm al-Kalam, Restraining the Commonality of People from the Science of Dialectics, Ghazali observes, uh, the Quranic arguments uh, are like food, which provide people with uh, nourishment, which provide nourishment to everyone. While the logical system built up uh, by the dialecticians, yani the mutakallimun, is similar to a medicine which can be administered profitably to only a few and may even have harmful effects uh, for others not requiring it. Or else the Quranic reasoning resembles water which can be taken both by the weak child and uh, a robust youth, while dialectical argumentation is like a rich food which provides nourishment only to the latter but is indigestible uh, and even harmful for small children. Continuing uh, on the further uh, uh, possible evils of uh, dialectics, he writes, the indiscriminate practice of dialectics by its uh, votaries provides an irrefutable argument against that science since the time it was popularized. It has given itself rises to many evils which were not found during the time of the Prophet's uh, companions, alayhi uh, salatu wasalam. So, uh, and this is, you know, this is the person who understands uh, Ilm al-Kalam and its utility uh, uh, and maintains uh, this, uh, uh, you know, this stance toward it. Uh, that person, I think, uh, no one in their right mind has the uh, 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 has the right to accuse such a person of being a heretic. Uh, rather, uh, the whole point, the reason of the existence of Ilm al-Kalam is to 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 argue against heresy on its own terms. Uh, and therefore, it is a very specialized field, uh, and it is not considered to be from the bedrock sciences uh, of, of 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 Dean or from the uh, uh, that knowledge which makes up the backbone of uh, of the ilm of the Prophet Sallallahu the ilm of Wahi uh, of Revelation. Uh, and that being said, uh, it also gives us an insight into something else that we uh, should be, uh, you know, very uh, cognizant of nowadays, which is that there are many people who have made a name for themselves either by debating people of different religions or debating modernism or liberalism or thisism, thatism, gayism, you know, rainbowism, whatever, uh, all sorts of, you know, modernism, all sorts of different things. I myself talk about these issues oftentimes. Um, but it's important, even though there's a, a rush of ghaira and a rush of, uh, of really adrenaline and uh, whatever other neurotransmitters one uh, feels when their guy beats up the other guy. Uh, uh, but uh, know that that is not what knowledge is. That is not what the ilm of the Prophet is. When, you know, when we say the ulama are the warathatul anbiya, they're the heirs of the prophets. Um, that ilm is what? This is the Quran. This is what Allah says. This is the hadith. This is what the Rasul says. This is how you pray. This is fiqh. This is how you pray. This is how you fast. This is haram. This is halal. This is uh, uh, so-and-so's right. Uh, this is not so-and-so's right. Um, this is what we believe. 
This is what we don't believe, which is aqidah. Uh, Ilm al-Kalam is not aqidah. We've, some people have uh, you know, taken the two as synonymous and it's umum khusus uh, 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 mutlaq, or maybe even min wajah, to be honest with you, that Ilm al-Kalam is a defense of the system built up by the aqidah of the Muslims uh, against those who attack it. But uh, 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 that uh, system of defense isn't actually what the creed of the Muslims is. The creed of the Muslims is found in the kitab and sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, and that is what we refer to as the Athari creed within the study of within the study of uh, uh, of aqidah and not necessarily attributing it to the Hanabila or to the muhaddithun even though we consider them to be from the ahl sunnah but the athari creed in this context means that that creed which is taken formulaically and directly from the book of allah and from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam without uh, ascribing modality to it or, or giving it too much great detail um, and so uh, that needs to be done today as well um, there needs to be people who have this like strong foundational understanding of the deen and people who understand the challenges that uh, are uh, posed to Islam and to the Muslims and uh, the kind of modern world and uh, uh, the world around us and the ideas that are in vogue in it and where uh, they are uh, reconcilable and where they're irreconcilable and where they need to be separated. Uh, that's one of the take-homes that we should, uh, takeaways that we should take from this. And the other takeaway is that those people who are the champions in that uh, octagon, uh, in that uh, intellectual UFC, um, that uh, unless they are actually people who have mastered the understanding of the Quran and Sunnah, which is very different than arguing that there's only two genders rather than 17. Um, you know, some people can do that more effectively on a college campus than others. But uh, at the end of the day, that is uh, a, a, a very mutakallim-like feat, but it's not going to provide guidance to the ummah. Uh, it's not going to provide guidance to the ummah. It is medicine for the sick, but it is not nourishment for the healthy. Um, and we should keep all of those things in mind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise amongst uh, uh, our ummah a people who are concerned with this deen more than they are concerned with the dunya. I'm reminded of the hadith of the Prophet in which uh, the dua for one of the duas he used to ask when a gathering would be dispersed. Um, a part of it was, Wala taj'al fitnatana fi dinina wala taj'al dunya akbar hamina wala mablag ilmina. Ya Allah, if you were to send us a test and a trial and tribulation, don't send it to us in our deen, send it to us in our dunya. And Ya Allah, make our dunya, uh, don't make our dunya the greatest greatest of our concerns, uh, 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 nor the extent of our understanding, uh, not of the dunya nor of the deen for that matter, uh, that don't make the dunya the extent of our understanding, not even of the dunya, the, the dunya is not as the extent of our understanding, even of the dunya, much less of our, of our deen. Uh, and so we ask Allah Ta'ala that there are people who are concerned, not only concerned with the deen, but that they also are uh, amongst them. There are a group of people who understand the deen well enough and are competent enough, skilled enough and conversant enough in the, in the, um, in the sensibility of this age uh, to be able to sift through it and uh, keep that which is beneficial. Uh, and there is a lot that's beneficial and expel that which is harmful or of no benefit, which there's a lot of fluff as well, uh, uh, meaning 15 out of those 17 genders uh, uh, or, 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 you know, something like that, you know, this ever expanding horizon of, 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 of you know, of, of genders and of weird ideas and all of this other stuff. I think you should be able to <clears throat> be able to uh, convince a person uh, who is immersed and died in the color of, 
uh, of this kind of uh, uh, anti-rational system of thinking that, that characterizes uh, modernity or post-modernity for that matter, that they should be able to um, argue with it on its own terms successfully and bring people back to the uh, bring people back to the common sense of guidance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Allah ta'ala accept from us in this Mubarak night of Ramadan. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, give us the tawfiq to you know think through these problems and uh, get in where we fit in in terms of the solution. Some of us may be uh, those who will actually do that. Some of us will be those who learn uh, the subsidiary sciences and teach them to others so that we can facilitate someone else doing that. It may be a generational or multi-generational project, to be very honest with you, uh, um, because all quality things take time. And if nothing else, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, make us from amongst those who make dua and support uh, uh, you know, those people who are doing that work in word and in deed and in our hearts and with our pockets and uh, you know, with our uh, retweets and Facebook shares and relikes and uh, uh, whatever and uh, in other forms of support. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us a collaborative effort that the ummah has to do and we do it together and may Allah accept it uh, from us together and we, may we all end up in Jannah one day uh, through the barakah of this uh, noble effort and service of this noble deen uh, together. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.